Hello, my guest today has been a stand-up comedian for the last seven years. Her videos, chants, and songs have brought so much joy to millions over the past few years. She is a writer, actress, singer, and so much more. You may be familiar with her characters, Karen Don't Care, Dr. Jen, Young Velveeta, and the iconic Miss Sherlene. Coming to the stage, please welcome Kristeny Porter. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is our <laughs> good pleasure to be with you on today. Uh, Kristen, you're from Little Rock, Arkansas, right? What was that like? What was young Kristen like in Little Rock? Uh, what was young Kristen like in Little Rock? I would say I was an entertainer then. I would say if you would give me a few minutes of your time, I would have something for you, whether it's a poem that I made up, a song or dance, a magic trick, and not even knowing magic, just anything that I could do to entertain. That's what I was, that's what I was like. Okay. A ball of that's what I would say. You said you come from a family of entertainers. Tell us about your parents. Um. Well, my mom, my aunts, um, all would sing, uncles, um, singing. They used to have a singing group and still do the Porter Singers. You know how you have the quartet singers and stuff that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. grow up in your neighborhood and you go to different churches and everybody's known for singing, you know, different families and stuff like that. So my family, I come from a singing background for sure. All my aunts and uncles and stuff like that. So that music was just in me from very early age. Okay. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have two sisters and one brother and I'm right there in the middle. So, yeah. so, so middle children yeah. unite middle children. See what happens. They are yes. They put us in the middle and nobody cares about us. And you go, we go out and entertain. Oh, you don't want to, yeah. you want me to be the baby or the oldest bet that I'm going on stage. Yeah. You have to find somebody that's going to listen to you for sure. <laughs> Is it true? You made your uh, siblings, your background sinkers and camera people when you were kids. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, my sister, believe it or not, Charity Israel, was always the one that's just kind of pushed and pushed me to do things. So she was managing me back then, you know, and my brother would be the guy that's holding the fan. Or, you know, I had a Beyonce fan before Beyonce had her fan. I mean, we had scooters that didn't work, and I was posing on those, and he had my fan. So, yes, anything I needed, I already had my crew. So, for sure. That's what siblings are for. I, like, I, why do you have siblings? I did the same thing with my brothers and sisters, and it was amazing. Um, amazing. <laughs> what was the, one of the first songs you remember singing with your siblings? Um, I wrote a song many, many, many years ago. It's called One, Two, Three. And um, I had my brother on the popcorn cans, you know, the cans that you get um, at Christmas time. Yep, he yep. was in the cans and my sister, I taught her the lyrics and I'm just going to sing a little piece for you. I say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All God's children will march in heaven. One by one and two by two. <laughs> Something like that. It's just too uh, listen. I mean, it was very, very good. When you get to the breakdown, it's just like that was the place where we caught, you know, the Holy Ghost. No, that was great as is. And I love that when you first started writing, you wanted to put them people in heaven. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted them to learn their numbers, too, before, while they were, were marching there. So, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a two for I one. Was about 
It's a two for one. Okay. What was Horace Mann Magnet? Tell me about that. Uh, Horace Mann Magnet, I think, was the place where I really uh, learned that. I would say I found my tribe in a way. I didn't connect with people like that because I don't really, I don't click up, but it let me know that I was truly a weirdo and that it was okay. Like, it was like my people, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, you got these kids rocking this, you know, because I grew up in the hood. So it's like, okay, well, you come from that space and you see these people, they are um, artsy and, you know, you know, fingernail polish and stiff hair and just weird and fun and creative. And it let me know, like, hey, you know, this, you, you got something. I mean, I didn't get it in elementary school. I didn't feel like the kids were so much like me, but. Horace Mann really was like, okay, this is this is different, and this is this is something here that you got. So, so is that where you fell in love with acting, or is that where you felt like you could become yourself more? It, it's where I fell in love with acting. You know, just having a drama teacher and saying, hey, you you have this, you have something, or having somebody that can recognize those gifts in you, and it's not just something that you're doing, and it's it's troublesome because you know, it, being a class clown, you can be um deemed troublesome or like a troublemaker or you know whatever mm -hmm. so to have somebody say hey you can put this energy here and you can do this with that i don't know it's just it was just a different vibe it was just it was it was eye-opening for me and i really 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 loved it there my time at horse man for sure amazing now i read that you know at school you would create a character a narrative and an outfit and go to school like that all day. What was one yes. of those characters? Do you remember any, any of them? Um, I feel like the the two that stick out to me, I was exchange student and I remember just kind of drawing these eyebrows and I just put on just all these different clothes and I didn't speak the language of anybody, <laughs> my teachers, my classmates or anything. And I just went there and I remember having my sister and my cousins just kind of like, you know, acting like they knew what I was saying when I was trying to communicate with everybody around me. And then also going to school as Whitney Houston and just kind of being above everybody and just singing as I was communicating with them. So is that, you were basically method acting. Yeah. I mean, it's, I didn't know that it had a name to it. That's just who I woke up as. And that's why I'm like, you know what? I wanted to be that. So I would commit on the, on my ride on the bus to school and throughout the day, as long as it wasn't a distraction, my teachers said that I could do it. So, I'm curious. Did did they? What did you get on your report card? Did you? What What did they write on your report card? You know what? <laughs> I was telling my sister, school was such a blur for me. Like the lessons was such a blur. All I can remember is like entertaining people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how did I even pass? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> what was school like? Um, <sighs> I don't know. I just. I mean, I feel like I made good grades. I made passing grades, but I learned <laughs> I learned to not be a distraction. And they really, truly allowed me to be myself. And I think um, I really appreciate the educators that allow children to truly be who they are. Right. And I had some really good teachers that allowed me to do that. So That's amazing. Now tell me, how do you balance being an introvert and doing plays and performing in front of people? You know what? Um, it's acting. To me, it's just like, hey, you, it's something you have to do. It's like, okay, well, I don't feel like doing it. Or, you know, I get this, 
it's just putting on you just gotta do what you gotta do honestly like it's just like i gotta do this i got and, and you just do it yeah. you know it's like being a character if i want to be this character that's it mm-hmm. my job allows me or makes for me to be in front of people so i have to do that and that's that's just it i take a deep breath and and do your thing and i'm there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you moved from Arkansas to Atlanta to go to the Art Institute mm-hmm. of Atlanta for audio production and music engineering. What were you hoping yes. to do in the music industry? Um, honestly, songwriting and music. That mm. was that was my that was my thing. I was a part of some groups in Arkansas, just kind of like being that hood singer, you know, right. the, you know, <laughs> with all the, the local rappers. They like, oh yeah. We got so and so come in. I can You know how you do that on the track, and you're like, "Oh, girl can sing." You know, some of them can, some of them can't. But so you were, I was doing it. You were uh, Tasha from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something else with this. I want to take this further. I don't want to just be the hood singer on the track. I gotta go know? back and our team's gonna have to go back and find some of them hood tracks where you were seeing. Listen. Singing. Seeking background, we, I'm gonna get on the Marquita. Get on the research team. Find some hood <laughs> tracks with Christine on there. Uh, what were some of the harsh realities that you learned about the music industry when you first got out there? Uh, first and foremost, that um, it would be easier to, if I had the equipment and I was actually working doing the the audio production. Like I realized when I got to school that it was people who were already like had the equipment their parents had invested in them. And so they knew the software, they knew this and they knew that. And it was just like a whole new world for me, like an eye opener, like, wow. Like you really see the importance of having a family that can invest in the in the things that you want to do mm-hmm. early on versus just having the gift or the desire to do it. I think that makes, that makes a big difference. And for me, that was like, it was almost, it was heartbreaking because I felt like I shouldn't have been there. Even though I had the desire and the gift to be there, I didn't have the the know-how. Right. Besides the out, besides the school, schoolwork that was given to me. Like it was people that was already doing it and making short films while I was being introduced to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Like, wow, like, am I really supposed to be here? Even though I have these things in me. That, that really made me just kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. No, so I, that was a big eye-opener. I get that. So what made you decide to become a pre-K teacher? Ooh, life. <laughs> <laughs> life. Life made me become a preschool teacher. But believe it or not, um, teaching was one of my first jobs right out of high school, and that was before you needed all the – the credentials and stuff like that. So I just kind of, it was kind of something that was easy to transition into because I had already had experience teaching children. I, you know, when you were a middle child, you helped raise the ones after you anyway. So I had plenty of experience. Mm -hmm. So it just made sense. So. And you must love the kids because you were a nanny. You all, you did all type of stuff. You were, you were just with them children. (laughs) It's, it's funny because I really enjoy working with children. Like, I think they are special. Um, I feel like they remind me, they really, they're really beautiful young people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Little people. And, and if you really pay attention to them, 
they can help you get some of those little innocent um, things that you've lost about yourself, just their optimism about things. And I don't know. I like their energy, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that you, you know, the same thing that your, your teachers in school imparted in you, were you trying to impart that same thing back in children? Um, I would say yes to a certain degree. Um, I would say yes and no. Um, well, no, because the children weren't of age. I was dealing with babies that were maybe like six weeks old to three years old. Mm. So um, I guess if it could be music, do music. Let, let me help you sing. Let me help you dance. So yes to that. But they're still trying to figure it out at that age. They don't know what's going on. So <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what was the turning point that made you decide I'm going to go back and, and, and pursue my creative interests and this is what I'm going to do with my life? To be totally honest with you, I was, um, oh, you're trying to make me cry. I would hope, I hope so, but be quiet. <laughs> um, just, just being fed up. We go back to that life thing. You know, you, you experience life in cycles and you can be content in doing some things, you know, okay, well, this works for me. This will work. I can do this for a little while. And then you get that burnout and then you're like, you know what? I'm just created to do something better than this you know mm. and i think i got to a space where i was just like listen i don't care if it helps pay my bills i can just be on the street because i don't want to have to come and do this and i was sad and i just was over it i had my moment where it was like okay god um and this is this is a transparent moment with you i was just like you know what <sighs> If this is life that you have for me, just just call me because I don't want to be here. Mm. That's how intense it got for me. Like, I was just like, if this is life, I'm good. Like, let this be my last day. Seriously. And he would wake me up the next day and I'd be like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> what did I just tell you? God, I said call me home and I wasn't playing. That, that was my moment. I was just like, you know, if this, if this is life, I'm good. And I think the moment that really changed it for me is I, I was saying, you know, I had a birthday and I was like, I'm going to try stand-up comedy because I wasn't really into theater and stuff like that. And I was performing. I was like, okay, well, this is cool. It's fun. You get to meet new people. But then both of my grandmothers passed like four days apart from each other. Mm -hmm. And I remember still trying to find my voice in stand-up comedy. And my sister said, you know, maybe you should be one of your characters. And I'm like, mm, no, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of, you feel like a little circus act as an adult dressing up as a character. It's, it's just weird. And I just remember saying, okay, cool. And I thought about it. And then I told my sister, you know what? I'm going to be an old lady. I think it was just that being in that moment of mourning my grandmothers. And I was like, I'm going to be an old lady. And I did. I, I went to the thrift store and these white shoes with these gold heel was the first shoe that I saw. And the shoe was like an 11 and a half. And I do not wear an 11 and a half, by the way. <laughs> I was stuffing these shoes with socks. And so that I can fit them, but they looked great on camera. And I was like, they're huge, but they look great. And 
that's where Charlene was born. Those shoes and then the dresses came and then the wig and I was just like, let me have a little attitude. I'm going to do this. And the voice came because neither one of my grandmothers were loud women or any of that. And it just just came came like that. Okay. So I think it was the the birth of her through the, through the loss of, of them, for sure. It's amazing. All right. So, Kristen, you take me back to September 9th, 2014. It's your first time performing on stage. Uh, you did a solid two minute set. Tell me what that was like. Were you having nerves before? You know, how did the performance go? Just walk me through that. First of all, that is amazing. Like, that you you really, you really have done your research. I tell you the truth. Like, I am just blown away. <laughs> totally blown away. I told you, we're serious over here at Kevin State Studios. This ain't no game oh no more. Oh, my gosh. This is Listen, serious business. We got the best of the best. My my producer does all this research. That's Marquita Bradley. She done made you cry. I mean, listen, unmatched. <laughs> so I, I will say this. Um, I had Carlos Miller to introduce me. That was my first time meeting Carlos Miller. Mm -hmm. Um, we were at Cat's Cafe, and my set was actually I think five to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna tell you, this is how I went. I went. And gave them my name. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to give you a great introduction, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say you did all this, give you all these accolades, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, please don't do that. Like, he that that messed me up, right? Did so it? I'm like, don't do that because it's my first time. Yeah. I get back to the table with Charity, my sister. And I tell her, I, I, I said, listen, I don't think I'm going to be able to do my set because I can't feel my legs. And she's like, what? I was like, I can't, I can't feel my legs to go up on the stage. Right. 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 And so I'm start. I, then I start shaking. So she's like, well, what's going on with you? Then I start crying. I am like having a whole anxiety attack. I'm like, I can't do this. Listen, I can't, these people in here, you know, and this comedian is going up. My world is quiet. It is dark. And I am paralyzed with fear. Like, she's like, listen, stop playing, Kristen. I'm like, I'm not playing. I'm serious. So the comedian finishes and I get up there and I forget everything. I just really had the intro to just my warm up, the crowd warm up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was my two minutes. But it let me know, hey, you can do it again and maybe have three minutes. So that's I kept building. I went from two to three to four to five to six minutes. You have to start somewhere. You know, I tell people all the time. Two minutes never feels as long as it does than when you are first starting stand-up comedy. You feel like you're up there for an hour, and it'd be two of the longest minutes because you are making people laugh, which is an involuntary response. You have yeah. to make someone laugh. But, yeah. you know, blessings to you, Christine, because you got up there <laughs> and you did it. <laughs> and that's why I tell people, like, the fear... Um, I, don't, I don't have those moments now, but when it comes to doing things for the first time, I think people say, well, if I'm not afraid, that's, that's, you know, you automatically, you're going to be good at it. But I say, no, you're going to be afraid. You're going to have that, you know, those moments of self-doubt. But you have to fear, feel that fear, put that backpack on, strap it up and do it anyway. And I think the best moments come when when that fear is present because it's a lie. It's just that thing that's like, okay, well, you're you going to be overwhelmed and overcome by me. 
or you're going to do it. And you just have to choose to do it with fear being right there. Like, so that's amazing. Feel the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Absolutely. Sure. That's, that's courage right there. Doing it in spite yes. of, of fear. Now you, you took Rodney Perry's stand-up comedy class. Did that help I you did. develop? Tell me about that. Um, I think, um, the class really helped me to trust myself. Um, you know, with improv, improv is, is a is something special, and I think it just really helped me to just kind of it sharpened it sharpened my skills for sure. Just kind of helping me with different scenarios, and you know, just like I said, just trusting myself to say, okay, well, if, if I'm if I think I want to do this, don't don't take that moment to second guess it, but to just do it. Right. So I would say it was it was helpful for sure. I had a lot of fun and I met a lot of a lot of creative people who are just as talented for sure. So it was a really great experience. That's amazing. Now let's fast forward to January 2016. That's when you start posting your characters to Instagram. What made you decide to start doing that? Um I just felt like it was an outlet. It was just um just a, a space for me to share my gifts. I didn't know what would come of it. It was just just somewhere for me to say, hey, I'm present. I'm I'm putting in some work, you know, and that was just it. It was just an opportunity, honestly, for me to just showcase my talent. I mean, it's free. What what was it hurting? You know, I'm like, hey, I'm taking this time to do this. I didn't bought these little dresses and the shoes and this wig. At least I can do is put it out there and maybe I didn't think it was the greatest, you know, but it was my work. And I said, you know what? I can just share it with people. You know, my family, they were my nine viewers and they loved it. You know, that was a way for me to connect to them. They like, Oh, that's Charlene. This week was good. You know? So they loved it. So I'm like, Hey, here, Hey guys, here's another video from Charlene. I mean, my family was sharing it. And, you know, maybe I had 11 views, maybe I had 13, but it was mostly family saying, oh, my God, Charlene's killing it today or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it was a way to connect with family, too. So before we get to Charlene, I want to ask you about Young Velveeta, because I've, I've heard that's your favorite character. Where did, where did Young Velveeta come from? Young Velveeta, I feel like it's that the cousin that we all have that's always, you know, he ain't got no real education, but he's street smart. You know what I'm saying? Like he always, it's that enthusiasm for life and business. He's like, sir, where are you, where are you getting this stuff from? You don't have no license. You don't have no degree, no experience. You just wake up and think you want to do something and you're doing it. And I think that is amazing to me because he, that character is limitless because I can literally wake up and be like, okay, well, Today, I'm going to be, it, I can be whatever I want to be. I can go out there and build a house. And you you can't be like, oh, you can't. I thought that beauty was this. No, I'm building houses now. That's what I'm doing. Because I can. We do all have so, a cousin like that. Like, every time you you go back home, a totally different business. Right now, I'm in the bell bonds. You, the, mar, the margins on bell bonds is amazing. You, right, you're like, what? Or you're like, okay, well, you rapping and now you're doing taxes. Sir, do you know anything about taxes? Now you're doing taxes. You can't do that. But they still going to do it. So and, 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 and jump in all the way. Like, oh, you're a stand-up comedian. Now you're going to start a streaming service? Who do you think you are? I'm Kev Velveeta. That's who I am. Listen. Listen. <laughs> listen man, you are an inspiration. That's what you are. And I'm telling you, you trailblazing. 
and I just think it's phenomenal. Enough about I, me, Kristen. No, this is not, no, no. I, this I is about this interview about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. you. Are too kind. So, take me back to July 2016. Okay, you post the infamous waist trainer video. Walk me through that day. You made the post. You know what did you do? When did you realize it was going viral? Like, take us back to that moment. Okay, so me and my sister were just filming like we usually do, and. We were in a hood spot because we stay in the hood. Uh, we were staying in the hood at the time. And, you know, um, you just get so many little treats and treasures in the background. It could be a crackhead yelling at somebody in the back. Hey, man, blah, blah, blah. It yeah. could be a, a weed bundle blowing in the wind. It could be whatever. <laughs> just goodness. And uh, <laughs> we're filming. And that was it. Okay, so you just think about that, you family, like you regular, regularly do. And I didn't think this one was special. I just was like, okay, here go another one. That was kind of funny. Posted it and went on about my, my business. But then I started having people texting me, like, congratulations. And I'm like, is it my birthday or something? Like, is it okay? Congratulations! Yeah. I'm not celebrating anything. And then I had somebody say, "Well, call me and say, well, you know, you you on um, you on Shade King." So I'm like, okay, I'm on Shade King. You should check it out. And they were tagging me and stuff. Now, mind you, I was just posting videos on Instagram. I literally almost didn't even know how to add people. Because that's how it was. Like, I was just on there just posting stuff. Right. And I just kept getting a congratulations, congratulations. And then I was telling my sister something's happening because I started seeing, you know, people was following me. And I'm like, okay. People are following me, right? <laughs> I'm like, sure, look, people are like, follow me. And people are like, oh, I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. And that's when I knew something was going on. And that's when the whole... You went viral. Yeah. I was literally like, okay, that's that's what's up. And that was my experience because like I said, I didn't I didn't understand what was going on. I was just telling her, look, this is something is happening. Right. Right. And people telling me congratulations. So I don't know what this means, but yeah, but I found out what it meant. It found out that it means that people are following you and you know, you're buzzing right now. So yeah, so in that moment, friends and family are excited, and you know, and I've read that you said actually it brought sort of like a heaviness and even a sadness to you, uh, based on what you were going through at that time. What was happening? Uh, okay, so I was having the love from people around me or people that were just discovering me, saying, "Hey, congratulations! I love your work." Da da da. And you know the opportunities to do this and partnerships, but then I had people in my industry that I kind of was like working with or working around, I was feeling that hate and kickback from them. And I'm just like, I'm still me, but it was just a different, it was just a different energy. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, you Hollywood or you this and you that. And I'm like, I'm still me, you know, but it was, it was, it was just in my face. Like, Hmm you know, how I was being, how I was being treated. And it, and it brought, um, it brought a, some sadness to me and I, it made me not want to go out and, you know, mingle and be amongst people mm. like I used to be because, you know, it was a stand up circle that I would try to be around just so I could do stand up comedy and it made me not want to do that anymore. And, um, 
it was hurtful. Yeah. But you have to just, my sister said something that, that really changed my life. And as simple as it was, it just, it was like, aha. <laughs> she said, stop going to those places. Hmm. And I just stopped going. Like you can't, you can't shun me and make me feel bad or feel guilty for the goodness or the things that's going on in my life if I'm not even around you. Wow. So I just stopped, stopped going, that's and amazing. it changed my life. There you go. Okay. So at that time, you're you're getting people who love you, and then you get the hate that people don't like you. Um, when you stop going to those, you know, actual physical places, how do you stop dealing with the like comments or DMs or people talking about you is it the same approach um i just really just kind of stopped reading dms um but it, i didn't really get the hate there it was just kind of like in my face type of deal like don't don't you think that you need to allow other people you know um spaces and opportunity on your platform and it's just like i'm gonna give somebody a space on my platform that has never congratulated me on anything never shared a video somebody that i don't know in real life like it was just some some entitlement going on and just you know i would hear things that people were saying about me and it was just it was just weird but i didn't really get them get direct messages through um instagram or anything like that it would be a comment i had a comedian say oh well enjoy your 15 minutes of fame or you know stuff like like somebody that i work with and i'm just like wow like enjoy my 15 minutes like i anybody in the business knows what that means so it's just like, okay, well, that's how you feel. Ouch. I'm glad you got that out, you know, but <laughs> God has more than 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And he has more than 15 minutes in store for me. So I, you just going to have to, to witness that. So enjoy. That's a enjoy. word now right there, Christine, because now when God is in control of the 15 ah. minutes, what he can do in a second, come on, he built the whole world in come six on, days. Man. And his 15 minutes ain't the same as our 15. Mm -mm. So let me think I'm only getting 15. Because right now it's going on six years of a 15 minute. I ain't good at math. It's about six, five or six. <laughs> the point is you st you still growing is what the point is. Okay? That's what the point is. What up, guys? Want to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about NordVPN. Listen, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you the thing about NordVPN that, that saves my life, okay? And this is not me just telling you because they bought an ad with me because I already had this before we had an ad. I travel a lot, and I often travel out of the country. And when I'm out of the country, I still want to watch my show. So when I was in Japan and I wanted to watch the end of The Mandalorian, I realized Disney Plus is not available in Japan. So I was unable to watch it until I had NordVPN. Oh, yeah, I just set my broadcast to the United States, and I was able to watch The Mandalorian there. Also, simple things like the fact that I live in L.A., and in L.A., you can't watch East Coast stuff until East Coast times. Even if you're at the place where they're shooting things, like the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever, so with NordVPN, I say, hey, am I in L.A. right now or I'm in New York? Oh, I'm in New York. And now all of a sudden I have access to all the things on East Coast time. So it's not spoiled for me on the Internet. The other thing that's great is that different countries have different licensing agreements. For Netflix, for example, I wanted to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I started in Italy and I was like, oh, snap, it's on, on Italy. But when I got back to the United States, I couldn't watch it because it was only available outside the U.S. So with NordVPN, I just switched that on over. You see where I'm going here, guys? You get the access to the whole world 
all at once with NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com stage or use the code stage to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free and a bonus gift. It's completely free, completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Once again, nordvpn.com slash stage. And now back to the show. That's it. You, don't have to, you just don't have to keep witnessing it. So I'm, I mean, I'm reinventing myself every day. So there you go. enjoy. Enjoy now, that. As a creator, did you feel any pressure to try and recreate the Waist Trainer video or anything like that? Or did you just march on? No, I just feel like, you know, I do myself. You know what I'm saying? Not, not go back and try to do race waist trainer too, you know? Right. Plus my shoes got stolen out of my car anyway, so I didn't have the same shoes. But you just, that's just how my mind thinks. It's not let's, let's redo or remake. It's like, what can I do to outdo myself? And not even this in this particular thing, but just to to just outdo myself. I'm, some people are like, oh, well, you do, you should do the so-and-so song. I'm like, that's gone. I'm, I've been let that go. I'm on this now. So, no, I don't feel the pressure to recreate um, anything that I've already done. I'm trying to think of what can I do that's fresh and new that that hasn't been done or that I haven't I haven't touched myself. So that's just where I am. But redoing now, it's gone. <laughs> that's it. You want my old stuff? Buy my old albums. Them videos are still that's up it. there. You want to go watch them? Search for Waste Trainer. You can go watch it right now. That's it. It's going to be the that's same it. it was every time. You get that laugh. <laughs> It's going to be right there. And, and on to the next. Yeah, I'm doing the next one. Uh, what's been one of the biggest lessons you've learned in, you know, going viral, going viral, going viral. <laughs> I was trying to say virality and going viral, but I, I made a new word, viral. Uh, but going viral, viral. <laughs> and gaining influence. What have you learned from that? To just stay true to myself and to, um, to just silence the outside noise, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times you can you can really be caught up in people's opinion of you. What are people saying about me? What do people think about me? And I think you should just stay true to yourself. Silence all that other stuff. You know, people's opinions, um, the things that people say. Like sometimes I may post something and you can't even comment because I'm not interested in what you have to say. <laughs> you know, like that, this is this I'm posting this for me. Right. And right. I think a lot of us get caught up in that and we internalize a lot of people's opinions and they really don't carry weight. Like that's your opinion. Right. You keep that. So just silencing it out and just staying true to myself. Like I don't have to show my booty. I ain't show booty yet. Yeah, you, you know, showing no booty yet. It. You thought about, thought about it? about it. You know? <laughs> you thought about it, Kristen? You gonna show a little a little something to I'm the people? Like, you know, because Instagram you're like, okay, well, First of all, thotting looks like fun, okay? I'm just, just be honest. It looks like a lot of fun. You're like, you're so free. Your butt is out. You look so happy and free. I thought about it, yes. But I was like, you know what? You don't You don't have to do that. Maybe next year. Not this year. But when I show booty, it's going to be because I wanted to, not because I was influenced to show booty. As long as, as long as you have that freedom and clarity about it, I love thoughting is fun. Is a if that's a t-shirt of oh, fast fashion I ever seen it. Thoughting is I mean, fun. And then you think about because you see all the comments. Like, even I mean, I, when I show booty, I'm gonna put a deep caption. <laughs> caption gonna be deep and unmatched, and it's gonna just be me and my butt out somewhere where it's sunny, and people gonna just gonna have to take it for what it is. It's a butt. I love that. All right, now let's mm -hmm. talk about 
let's talk about the opportunities that came next. Okay, Tyler Perry's Medea's family funeral. How was that experience? Um, it was really brief. I would say that. Um, but it was it was incredible. Um, that was my first time having to sit and get the makeup and stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat for a long time. And I got my makeup done. And it was really interesting because just looking at myself like that, I'm like, wow, like this is probably what you will look like when you're an older woman. (laughs) And my face was so stiff. And I almost felt like I couldn't talk like Sherlyn because my face was so stiff because I needed this to really kind of get all that together. But it was it was amazing just seeing the magnitude of production that goes on there from the dressing room, like they let me walk in there and they was like, well, this is your dress, but to see, see a sea of clothes, you know, like my little costume thing is just my closet behind me, you know, but to see it like that at that magnitude was like, I think it was a refresher and it's like, hey, baby, keep dreaming, you know, because everything that was around me was a dream for him, you know, so that and seeing him on set, um, the opportunity to see him on set doing his thing and his element, like he, him being in character and still directing and giving instructions and stuff like that was, it was a great experience for sure. And I, and I'm honored and I'm so thankful that he considered me to do that. And just having that opportunity to see, to see it mm-hmm. was, it was awesome. So how do you walk walk me through your process? How do you decide, you know, because I'm sure you get a lot of opportunities, people emailing you or your management team. How do you decide what to say yes or no to, you know, with all these new opportunities coming your way? Well, I just go off of, you know, my gut and does it line up with my morals and, you know, my beliefs, what I what I believe in, because a lot of people want you to be a part of a lot of a lot of interesting things. And, you know, when you like. I wouldn't do that as myself. So I definitely don't want to have my character attached to that because what you don't want to do is get caught up endorsed in foolishness or anything. So I'm just like, long-term, how does this, how does this help me grow? And all exposure isn't good exposure. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do I benefit from this in a good way? And am I helping somebody? Like, am I, and not only am I benefiting from it, but who else is benefiting from it? Like, right. what's the cause behind it? Because the cause and all that stuff is, is just as important as a check to me. Right. That's so good. And that's how, that's why you remain grounded. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the <laughs> clean comedy takeover. You created your own tour. How did that come about? Walk us through that. Um, my sister actually came up with the name. She is um, phenomenal. And we just thought about getting some really dope, creative people together. Um, and it was just, it was awesome. I think it was a learning, um, it was a very big learning experience. And I think it kind of maybe happened too soon, if I could say that, maybe. Um, but it was actually really, 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 really great. So it let it let me know that if I wanted to do it again, what I would need to do, what I would need to do to really make it um, work. Yeah. But you were were you a part of that? I, I, I might have been. I might have no, been no, no, no. That was. I think that was like that was. No one like was share. like share tag. Yeah, it was like share tag, which was also yeah. a 
clean comedy, but that was like Shirt yeah. Tap. It was some yeah, great which time. Was, which was awesome. Oh, the it best was, of times. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, some of the best times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? No, it, it really was. It really was. I, I'm serious. I had a great, I, I love being on tour with you and Carlton. And, 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 and we had great fun, you know. But you know what? And I will say, like, even being a part of like Shirt Tag, clean comedy tour and all that stuff, like, just really witnessing you and seeing what you do really like like you're no joke like you're the real deal you know what i'm saying and it's i have i have like my top five comedians and you're definitely top five and you're not number five you get what i'm saying like you are you are hands down the real deal and witnessing you know i'm saying and witnessing you do what you do it's mastery and it's levels to this stuff and that's all i'm gonna say thank you so much i appreciate that thank you for that compliment uh, <laughs> now I know you keep it clean on stage, right? Now does Christine Porter at home keep it clean? Hmm? I mean, I feel like I have the balance. I'm a tad bit. Um, <laughs> it just depends, you know. It, I'm human. I get frustrated, you know. Sometimes, yeah. Road rage gets the best of me. Who and among us? who among us? Yeah, and I like to say the D word. <laughs> you know. And that's in the Bible, though, so it don't really count. What? No, no, I like to. Can I say it? You can say it. I like to call people dickheads <laughs> when I'm. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, but I'm just like, I just love to say that. It just makes me like it just. And I feel better when I say it. <laughs> that's not the D word I thought you were talking about. And that's I not know, the that's one that's in the Bible. In the Bible? I no, no, I thought you were <laughs> I know which one you're talking about, but yeah, I'm like, that's the one I like to use. The, the visual of you saying that and just being like, huh, oh, I feel so much better now. I mean, it's a, you have to do what works for you. I'm not going to pick out some other. I mean, that's, that's just the one that's been working for me, and I love it, and I'm not going to give it up for anybody. Update us. If it, if, if it ain't working for you and you're switching over to something, let me know what you switch over to. I, I, I will. I'm happy will. that it's working for you. But I'm saying, just try it and then do this with your hand. Like, cup your hand a little bit or just go. When you do it, oh, I'm telling you. Happiness. <laughs> happiness. Okay. <laughs> this is happiness right now. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your your music, okay? People love you and Ruby and all your choir rehearsals, skits, and all of that. Where where did the where did the idea come from to, to do that? Was that spur of the moment or, or planned? So the songs come to me. Right. It can be randomness. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sing about this. I'll hum something and then I'll put it in my little voice recorder and then I'll teach it to my sister. And I'm like, you know what? This is what we're gonna sing. The the skits it's improv though. So it's just like, okay, well when we get to this part, maybe the song will work. We'll we'll just see. But she'll she'll know what the song is and then we'll just kinda go into it but we've been singing and making up listen i've been having church since since i could sing okay right. so the the singing and the harmonizing where this listen to canton spirituals listening to gospel music going to choir rehearsal that is that is in me it flows in my vein you could probably cut me and you some hymns would come out in my blood <laughs> like it's just there so to come up with a song like this it's it's easy that is easy to do so people might not know this i know this but people might know not know ruby is actually your sister they ruby might not, is actually my sister yes blood sister 
Blood sister. Same mama, same daddy. So, oh, amazing. Yes. I don't even know what that's Charity like. Israel. Yeah. Charity Israel. Now, how is it working? Because you work even closer than with her than not just music. What is it like working with family? Um, I think it is. It's a relief. Um, I trust her. She's a good person. Um, she is a big sister, so you already know what comes along with that territory. Like they're always just trying to boss you around. Like, <laughs> do you ever get a break from them bossing you? Right. You know. Yeah. So I mean, she's been bossing me for years. So I mean, I feel like the transition was natural for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's all I got. So yeah, it, it's actually good, and it's 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 a relief to have somebody in this industry that you trust. And yes. I'm, I'm fortunate to have, have my sister. So I think it's, it's awesome. Absolutely. I totally understand that. So you came from Arkansas to Atlanta pursuit to pursue music. And now you pursued that and you had your own album released in August. Tell me about Froyalty. Uh, Froyalty is my little baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to push it more. I really do. But, um, Royalty came about only because, you know, the, the app that we're on, um, all of them, is basically a copycat app. So there's something that you can do when somebody can recreate it and nobody know who the origi originator is. Yeah. So that was an opportunity. Royalty is an opportunity for me to copyright everything because I had people who were um, writing stage plays and they were reaching out saying, Hey, can I use your song to do this? Can I use your song to do that? And that really brought to my attention. Hey, you really need to right. make this work your own. So that really pushed me to go in the studio and just, you know, copyright my stuff and, and make it my own. And, you know, if somebody needs to use it, then they can go about doing it the right way or Keisha will take care of it. And that's my lawyer. So I don't recommend going and doing your own thing with my work because you're going to be in trouble. Listen, a lawyer named Keisha is fantastic. <laughs> when yeah. I tell you she, it, she gets it done. <laughs> she gets it done. I she, love that. Keisha's not the one. <laughs> That's her tagline for the firm. Keisha Esquire. Keisha's not the one. Not the one. Get the cease and desist from Keisha. Hey, take that down. Keisha's not yeah. the one. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Let me go ahead and delete that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the, in the most professional way, though. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to take a quick break to tell you about the sponsor for today's episode, BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, the relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment, huh? Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, who loves you more than you and who needs help? more than you listen i started therapy what was it 2020 uh, and then couples therapy in 2021 and my personal life and my relationship has been all the better and listen i'm a busy person so i don't have time nor do i want to go and drive to somebody's office and sit in traffic for 30 minutes 45 minutes wait in the lobby i hate lobbies lobbies suck i like to do therapy from the comfort of my own home i just pop in pop out and go on about my day, and you can do so too. Listen, this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does, and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Listen to this. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try. 
and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And coming to the stage, listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash stage. Once again, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash stage. Invest in yourself. Care about yourself. Get some help with BetterHelp. Now back to the show. So you you you've accomplished your dream. You are you are a, a full time entertainer. Um, what is what is your next dream? What's what's the next what's the next move? How are you thinking about that? Uh, I'm really thinking about a nap right now because you know you just be moving, you just be tired, like mentally, physically yes, tired. Yes, I but, know. Um, <laughs> listen, I know you know. I, I know. It's the, all the hats. I know you know. <laughs> But just, you know, possibly a stage play, some more music. Um, I would love to be in a movie, you know, do a movie. Um, what would that movie look like? Is it just you acting as, as Christine or a movie with one of your characters or multiple characters? It would be a, it would be a character movie for sure. Mm. A character movie for sure. And then it's like, you know, now I, I know some some big time studios. <laughs> I was, Listen, I ain't gonna hold you. My thought was like... So I, I mean, might I know a guy. <laughs> I'm saying so. It seemed like it could be possible sooner than later, for sure. And um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You got big things popping. Hey, I, listen, little things stopping. I'm gonna hate up look, Keisha though. Look. I'm gonna go to Keisha first because I don't want no problem here. Because Keisha's not no. the one. No, she's not. But um, <laughs> just just working on that and just kind of figuring out how I can kind of stay put and maybe not be on that road so much because you know that road is it can be a little taxing so Christine porter i i was just having this conversation yesterday i love it i truly do but it is hard on it is hard on the body it's hard on the mind it's hard on your energy your family it is tough out there it is i don't think people know that they just want to say when you coming to my city and it's like man listen i need a month to recover and do nothing. I might need a year. For sure. After this tour, I'm like, bruh, what Don't more can I do? Yeah, and it's it's but you do love it. And that's why you keep getting on the plane and getting in the car, getting on the bus to go. But it it's a lot. It is. So I'm just trying to think of something that can keep me in one spot for a little bit. I, I get it. Bit. I get <laughs> it. So let's talk hobbies. During the pandemic, you picked up photography um, and learned the, and you started learning the camera. Do you do you do you see a, a, a switch in your industry? Are you thinking about directing, cinematography, or just fun? Um, just fun that, right now. That's the that's the only way I'm going to have to to start. I'm going to start there because I was actually before the pandemic, I was going to take um, a few classes. But then I was just kind of like, oh, this is, this is hard, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard. So, um, yeah, I need to, I need to pick it back up because I put it down because I let it, I let it beat me up and defeat me. But I, I definitely want to get back to it because I feel like I have an eye, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a creative, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes just kind of trying to articulate and explain what, what's in your, what lives in your head. Yeah. And I think if I had the the proper words, because that's important to the lingo, as Vail would say, to just to communicate these things, I think that would be beneficial to me and what I'm trying to accomplish. So well, definitely pick that back up. That would help with my content too, make it make it better. But yeah. 
one thing at a time. For another day. <laughs> <laughs> now you stated that you you gauge your uh, success based on how happy you are. So tell me, how successful are you right now? I feel like I'm I'm quite successful. Um, I feel I feel good. Um, my work is is um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's steady. It's constant. You know. Um, I can, my, my thing was my prayer originally. And I think we all have to really be mindful of things we pray for. Mm -hmm. Um, I capped myself and said, Oh, if, if I made this amount, I would be happy if I could just do this, do this, da, 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 da. And I think it's, it's changing now. It's just kind of like, I want to, I want to make more. I want to do more, but, um, I definitely feel successful. And I, I want to just take a moment to say this, like, um, people gauge success based on um, levels of exposure, right? Right. So I've had people say to me, um, oh, my God, you should be so much further along than where you are. You should be on TV. You should be here. You should do this. Now, I've had opportunities to be on TV, but people don't understand when you're when you have a lot of those opportunities you lose a lot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've had opportunity where Keisha looked at me and said, listen, oh, it'll be great. You can be on TV, but you won't have creative control. Right. You may have creative input, yeah. but you won't have creative control. And to me, that's, it's, it's not even worth, worth it to me. Like I stay on Instagram 10 more years before I'm, I'm physically a part of something that I have no control over. Yeah. And people don't even understand the importance of, ownership so i'm happy that i own all of my stuff and to me that's success you are preaching to the choir i'm just saying and people don't know that so you're saying you want to be on tv but you don't even own you don't even own your, the thing that you create the very thing you created you don't even own it and so. you literally created it in your sense like you literally created all of that and that network yeah. will take it oh that great job fantastic yeah. We got this yeah. now. Here's a here's hundred grand. We're going to make 150 million. <laughs> and you and you don't even get to decide what you can wear. Mm -hmm. Like, you're you going to say this. You're going to say it like this. And I'm like, my character don't even talk like this. Like, what? Just, that's all I'm saying. I Own your it. stuff. To uh, me, that's success. Ownership equals success to me. So you just you I'm just encourage my soul, Christian, because listen, that ownership, the one thing they don't tell you, it's expensive. Now, when them people take your stuff, they, they sometimes they're going to slide a little check your way. Now, they're going to make 10 times what you're going to make, but you're going to be. And, all that, right. and that's and that's where that be anxious for nothing comes in, too. You go to the Bible. <laughs> you, better go. you have to wait because I'm telling you, it may take a little bit longer. It may be lonely. You may be like, oh, my God, I'm putting for all the money I'm making going into all of this. And you may not be feeling like you see in the profit or you worth what you should be worth. But that day will come. Yes, it will. Yes. If you don't sign it off for these peanuts. Are you going to wait for the big payback? So we'll see. Get it, Bush. OK, as we wrap up our interview, we ask every guest to answer Kev's top 10 questions. Are you ready for the top 10? All we ask is that you be truthful. Don't say what you want people to think you or hear. You say what you want to feel. Okay? 
So just say what I just no, say me. Just do just, me. Just be honest. Just do you. It ain't speed round. You can answer. Take your time. Just don't lie to the people. Okay. Here, here we go. First question. This is not trivia though. These no, no, no. These are just more questions. I'm like, mm -mm. no, ain't no trivia. Ain't no trivia. Ain't no trivia. Ain't no trivia. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the same, same ten to all guests. Okay. First question. Okay. Who's your favorite person? My mom. Oh, bless it. Why is your mommy favorite person? Because she is. She is just non-judgmental. She's kind. She knows things about me that my sister and best friend don't know about me. And she just, she loves me unconditionally. Oh, that's amazing. What was one of your happiest moments? One of my happiest moments. Wow. That's a really good question. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, one of my happiest moments. I, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't. I don't really know. One of my happiest moments. I. That's a really. That's a really good question, Kel. Okay, you get back to us when we, when we come back to you next time. You you have an answer. Yeah. For us. Wow. Okay. Okay. What about one of your saddest moments? Oh, one of my saddest moments, probably when my grandmother's passed away. That was that was like a double whammy. So yeah, that was it was like dang she and then dang. So yeah, that was <laughs> my saddest moment. Okay. For sure. Grits, sugar, salt and pepper. No grits. I don't eat grits. But if I ate grits, if I had to eat them, sugar. I endorse this. I appreciate you for it. This is why I ask you to be honest. I'm tired yeah. of people being influenced by other black people. If you love salt and pepper, do that, but don't do it because you're afraid of them. If yeah, you like no. sugar, say it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie? Sweet potato. Okay. You know what? I disagree with everything you've ever said in this interview. <laughs> 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 Anita Baker or Patty LaBelle? Anita. Big fan. For sure. Favorite black saying? Favorite black saying. Oh my, what? Favorite <laughs> black saying? <laughs> oh. Right now, as I know, you lying. <laughs> classic black, classic black saying. Which could mean I know you're telling the truth, though. It just depends yeah, on or, how it's said. Um, or just the man, I'm, oh, like just the whole, yeah, that's, I know you lying. I, I say that all the time. Like just, but then, you know, we have the little things too, but like mm, things like that, just yes. but sayings, yeah, they go, they go, that's endless. endless. Oh my God. Okay. What excites you? When I tell you are stumping me, I am, <laughs> I'm talking about stumping me in the ground on my face. Uh, <laughs> What excites me? I think um, being able to put a smile on my loved one's faces, mm -hmm. like if it's because my my love language is given. So if I can do something that makes them happy or something like that, that that excites me. That that gives me it actually brings me joy all the way throughout my body. So I love that. What bores you? People. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I can say groups of people. Like, I don't like being in big groups because I'm going to be like, that. I think that bores me because I'm not a person that's going to start a conversation or be talking. So crowds bore me. (laughs) Got it. And last one, what do you want your legacy to be? I want the core of it to be originality. Like, I want people to say, you know what, this woman sold out to herself. She was original. She was fresh. She was new. She was (sighs) innovative. Mm. She was kind. She was considerate. She was giving. (sighs) She was black. Uh... Wow. Kel, when I tell you, I'm going to go home. I'm going to, well, I'm at home, but <laughs> really write down some of these questions that you've asked me and just be like, what do I want my legacy to be? Just, just um, I, I really want people to say, you know what, I really believe in my heart that Christine died empty. Mm. And when I say that, that is truly empty of my gifts. Yeah. The, the ideas, the songs, the things that I wanted to do, the places that I've wanted to go, I want to inspire people to say, you know what, I want to do the same thing. I don't want to leave a book unwritten, um, any of that stuff. Anything that you have in you that you want to do, do that. And I want my legacy to encourage people to do that. And I have to truly get busy doing that myself, for sure, so that people can be inspired. But that's that's my, my goal, to just have nothing left. That's, that is amazing. That is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen E. Porter, amazing creative. Kristen E., thank you for joining us. If you're watching this, uh, please follow her. Where can they find you at, Kristy? You can find me on all social media, well, all social platforms at The Kristy Show. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, well, Twitter, all that. So, YouTube. Follow her at The Christie Show. You can watch these interviews in full with no ads on the Kevin Stage Studio streaming service with ads on YouTube and wherever podcasts are found. Christine, you are a blessing. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Pleasure. God bless you. Go out there. Thoughting is fun now. Go out yes, there and it thought is. it up. Thought it up. It's booty to come. Y'all stay tuned. <laughs> All right, Chris. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye.